ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وذرياته اهل بيته ومن تبعهم باحسان الى يوم الدين عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بل توثرون الحياه الدنيا ولا اخره خير وابقى وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم فاما من طغى واثر الحياه الدنيا فان الجحيم هي الماوى واما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فان الجنه هي الماوى فاثار الدنيا علامه ضعف في العقل لان الدار الفاني التي تفنى لا مقابل بينها وبين الدار الابدي الابديه التي لا تفنى ولا تبيد فاخوتي الكرام من لا يفهم هذا لا يوصف بصفه الفقهاء حتى ولو حفظ كتب الفقه ولا يوصف بصفات الايمان حتى ولو صلى وصام فانها مرض قد اصاب قلوب القوم انني رايتهم يفضلون الاموال على الاولاد وعلى الازواج وحتى على الدين حتى على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى الاسلام وعلى الله عز وجل بنفسه فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نظر هذه الامه بنظارته صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفت بحديث سيدنا عمرو بن ابن عوف الانصاري رضي الله عنه قال ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بعث ابا عبيده بن الجراح رضي الله عنه الذي كان لقبه امين امين هذه الامه انه بعثه رضي الله عنه الى البحرين ياتي بجزيتها فقدم بمال من البحرين فسمعت الانصار بقدوم ابي عبيده فوافوا صلاه الفجر مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لماذا لانهم كانوا بانفسهم يوصفون رضي الله تعالى عنهم بكتاب الله تبارك وتعالى ويثرون على انفسهم ولو كان بهم خصاصه الخصاصه يعني شده الفقر شده الفقر الانصار رضي الله عنهم اذا طالعت ذخائر ذخائر حديث النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رايت منهم من كان يعيش على تمره واحده 
في اليوم وبصفة عامة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا سيما سكان المدينة المنورة حرصها الله وزادها الله شرفا كانوا يكتفون على الأسودين يعني على على التمر والماء وربما يكون بين أكلهم الخبز الطعام المطبوخ يعني يمضي يعني بين أكلهم الطعام المطبوخ ربما أسبوع أكثر من ذلك وها كان عادتهم بسبب فقرهم وأما الذي جاع منهم فربما اكتفى على تمرة أو نصف تمرة فوافوا صلاة الفجر لماذا؟ لأنهم عرفوا أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان كان ذا شفقة على المؤمنين ويترحم عليهم وعلى فقرهم وعلى مسكنتهم وعلى الشدائد الشدائد التي حملوها لسبب الإسلام وبسبب نصرتهم لله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فكان يعني في المدينة حتى في المدينة كان عدة من المساجد ولم يصلي كل واحد في مسجد واحد فوافوا ذلك الصباح مسجد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المسجد النبوي الشريف لأن لأنهم يعني علموا أن هذا المال كان سيات المسجد أولا يعني قبل أن يأتي مكان غير فوافوا صلاة الفجر مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فصلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما صلى انصرف فتعرضوا له فتبسم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تبسم يعني من شفقته صلى الله عليه وسلم حين رآهم ثم قال أظنكم سمعتم أن أبا عبيدة قدم بشيء من البحرين فقالوا أجل يا رسول الله أجل أجل يعني أجل يعني نعم هو كلمة موجبة والفرق بين نعم وبين أجل أن نعم هو إجابة لسؤال وأجل لا لا يحتاج إلى إلى سؤال فقط لكلمة موجبة فقال قالوا أجل يا رسول الله فقال أبشروا وأملوا ما يسركم فوالله ما الفقر أخشى عليكم لكني أخشى أن تبسط الدنيا عليكم كما بسطت على على من كان قبلكم فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها فتهلككم كما أهلكتهم وهو حديث متفق عليه فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يلومهم على حبهم لإنجاح الحوائج فإننا كلنا عندنا حاجة في الدنيا وهذا أيضا جزء من الدين أن يهتم أن يهتم خصوصا رب المنزل بقضاء حوائج نفسه وحوائج أهل بيته فلم يلومهم على ذلك وبالعكس يعني بل هو ابتسم صلى الله عليه وسلم وعطاهم بشارة بإنجاح الحوائج ونظرهم بأمر آخر قال ما الفقر أخشى عليكم الحمد لله الحمد لله ليس منا واحد 
موجودا في هذا المسجد يموت بالجوع ربما يكون منا كثير من يموت بكثرة الأكل لكن ليس منا واحد أراه يموت بالجوع وبصفة عامة أنا سافرت في دار الإسلام وفي بلاد المسلمين بصفة عامة وبلاد العرب بصفة خاصة ولم أرى منهم واحدا فيه الفقر بلغ هذا الحد أن واحدا يموت جوعا ولا شك أن أن أحوال أحوالا كذلك تلك الحالة مرت بأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ومرت بالبلاد والعباد ولكن بصفة عامة هذا هذا ما هو حالتنا ما هو حالتنا فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رأى ذلك وقال والله ما أخشى عليكم الفقرة وإنما أخشى عليكم الدنيا ولكني أخشى أن تبسط الدنيا عليكم كما بسطت على الذين من قبلكم فتنافسوها كما كما تنافسوها فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها يعني المنافسة ماذا؟ المنافسة مقصده ليس إنجاح الحوائج وسد الرمق وإنما يكون مقصد المنافسة المحبة لأن أحد أحب المال ويرى دولار واحد يعني أحسن من ذا شيء ودولار ثاني أحسن من من الأول وألف دولار أحسن من خمس مئة دولار ومئة ألف دولار أحسن من خمسين ألف دولار إلى آخره وهذا هذه محبة لا يقع داخل نطاق العقل يعني ليس فيه فائدة وإنما السنة إنجاح الحوائج وبعد ذلك المقصد المقصد الأصلي والمنافسة المحمودة سارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنات عرضها كعرض السماوات والأرض المصارعة ليست في الدنيا وفي رضا الله تبارك وتعالى ولكننا تركنا ذلك بمحبة لا 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 يثنى عليه ولا يقر العقل أي فائدة عليه وإنما هو سبب الهلاك كما ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها فتهلككم كما أهلكتهم فلذلك نجد منا من يشتغل ويعطي من الساعات لشركته أو لدكانه أو لتجارته أو لوظيفته ما لا يعطي لأولاده والحقيقة ماذا؟ أن الدكاكين والسيارات والبيوت والتجارة والتجارات التي تخشون كسادها بعد أن تدخلوا في في القبر لا يفيدك شيء لا يفيدك شيء الدولار الذي تكسب من ذريعته لا يفيدك ولكن هؤلاء الأولاد الصغار بعد موتك إذا صلوا فصلاتهم صلاتك وإذا تابوا فتوبتهم توبتكم وإذا تصدقوا فصدقاتهم صدقاتكم 
واذا قالوا لا اله الا الله اذا قالوا سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا اله الا الله والله اكبر والتكبير والتحميد والتهليل والتسبيح كله لكم كله لكم فاي تجاره كاسده واي تجاره رابحه اخوتي الكرام انتم ادرى بهذه الامور بهذه الامور مني اي تجاره رابحه يوم القيامه الناس سيمشون كمجانين مضطرين بالجوع ولكن ليس الطعام الذي الذي يطمعون فيه في في ذلك اليوم وانما يطمع عبد في ماذا يقول اعطني سبحان الله واحدا او الله اكبر واحد ولا احد يستطيع ان يتصدق ذلك اليوم بتلك الاشياء فأي تجارة رابحة وأي تجارة كاسدة إخوتي الكرام نحن سكننا مع قوم كفروا بالله وكفروا برسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكفروا باليوم الآخر واطمأنوا بهذه الحياة الدنيا والرذيل الذي تأتي بها الثاني فإخوتي الكرام لا يغلبنكم هذا القوم في عقيدتهم على عقيدتكم وفي ربهم الذي يعبدونه ولا يعطيهم شيئا إلا قليل في الدنيا ولا يعطيهم شيئا في الآخرة يا إخوتي الكرام ربكم الله الذي أطعمكم في الدنيا وفي الآخرة الذي هو موصوف بكتابه بالكرم وبرحمة وبشفقة وبود لخلقه فلا يغلبنكم العقيدة الفاسدة على هذا الدين القويم وبالله التوفيق All praises to Allah All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Brothers and sisters Allah Ta'ala said in his book as for the one who is crooked as for the one who is deviant he will prefer the life of this world over the, uh, the, the hereafter. And we have made for such a person the blazing fire as a permanent abode. And as for the one who fears the day that he will stand in front of his Lord, for that person, indeed, paradise is a permanent abode. Allah Most High says, Nay, indeed, you prefer the life of this world, even though the life of the hereafter is more intense and it lasts forever. And it lasts forever. Brothers and sisters, I see this again and again. Maybe you might say, why does this guy keep harping on this issue? Why does this guy keep talking about this issue? Why? Because this issue is the cornerstone upon which the understanding of the deen is built. You can read a hundred rak'ahs of salat and it doesn't matter. You can fast a hundred days and it doesn't matter. Not because there's nothing in salat and that there's nothing in siyam. You can, it's like, you know, salat and siyam is like a BMW and a Mercedes. You can buy it, you can bring it home and park it in your garage, you can take selfies with it, you can post it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, on your Snapchat, on whatever you want to, and you can get a thousand and a million likes. Your car can be so beautiful, it can be so beautiful that uh, it makes you into an influencer, it makes you into a star. What's the point if you don't have an engine inside the car? You're going to sit inside it and like listen to stuff on the MP3 player. What's the point of it? You missed the point. There's no point. 
It's not because I, it's not that I say these things because the salat and the fasting is not important. What is it? The engine that actually drives a person's deen, that allows them to benefit from all of these other wonderful parts of Islam, is what is that their their conception of the deen must be correct. It needs to be correct. This is a problem that we have that we live amongst the people who have disbelieved in Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we pretend that it doesn't affect us and it affects us a lot. And so I see this, I see this. People pass by my eyes in this masjid. People pass by uh, my eyes in the public sphere. People will write emails to me. People will send me WhatsApp messages. People will text me. People will call me. People will describe their issues and their problems to me. And it's something that's clear as day that we've missed the memo as far as this one issue is concerned. That it's not the dunya that makes you happy, it's not the dunya that makes success, it's not the dunya that is the key to your salvation in this world or the hereafter. Everybody, if you ask them, will it make your salvation in the hereafter, most people are smart enough or maybe even stupid enough to say no at all. Stupid in the sense that they won't think about it. Or stupid in the sense that they may actually believe it as well, but they just don't understand but a lot of people, if you ask them, will your salvation and your success in this world, your redemption, will it be through the amassing of large fortunes, large amounts of money? Many people, if they said no, they would be lying. Their tongue would say one thing, their heart betrays something else. Brothers and sisters, even in this world, tell me, tell me, if you slave in order to build a business, and you give it hours in your day, every day, and you don't give hours to your children. If you slave in a job, and you give so many hours to it in, 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 in the day, so many days to it in the week, what if the job pays $250,000 a year? Ah, mashallah. Those people who hearing Alhamdulillah and hearing ayat and hadith, you know, they're still asleep, but now their ears have perked up. Now the fuyul of like the nur of money has come down on their heart and it's opened up $250,000 a year. What would I do with that much money? I would pay off my house. I would get a new car. I'd give money to the masjid, right? Right? I'd, give, I'd do this, I'd do that. Oh, now, now the ears perk up. Now people are excited. Brothers and sisters, which $250,000 a year were the Prophet ﷺ making? Which $250,000 a year was Martin Luther King making and Malcolm X making? It's the people who drive as slaves for that $250,000 a year or $100,000 a year or more or less. They're the ones who ruin the world in the first place that we need people to make sacrifice in order to straighten it out. If the money was the thing that made it for you in this world and the hereafter, then the people of money would have been the most virtuous. Listen very carefully because you have an example in front of your eyes of those people who built an entire society based on the idea that money is what's going to redeem you. This country is built by people who had an idea of the Protestant work ethic, of the gospel of prosperity. Tell me, have they filled the world with morality? Tell me, their children, when they're born, are the mother and father married? Tell me, are they the ones who trust one another and live a, a, a long life of good communication and keeping of kinship bonds between husbands, wives, children, parents? No brothers and sisters. 
What did the Messenger of Allah say? There's a hadith, if you read the hadith of the Prophet it's very clear that the people in Medina were very poor. They're extremely poor people. Even the Quran talks about the Ansar, that they're the people, Allah praises them, that they're the ones who prefer others over themselves, even though dire poverty is their own lot. They're the ones, even the Rasul who lived amongst them, who undoubtedly they would try to honor more than they honor their average citizen. Even he, weeks would go by, even weeks would go by, months would go by, when they wouldn't eat cooked food. All they would eat is dates and water. This was like commonly known. It's mentioned by one of the Sahaba that one of the first bid'at that came into Islam is what is that a man would eat every day to his fill. Every day he would eat his fill. That's something they were not accustomed to while the Rasul was alive. Those people, those people, there's a hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, sent Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah to Bahrain. In the old days, Bahrain wasn't this like small uh, island nation that's, that's uh, off the coast of the Arabian Peninsula, the east coast, but it was everything between Basra and, and uh, between Oman. So he sent uh, Sayyidina Abu Ubaidah to Bahrain to collect uh, taxes, to collect the poll tax, the jizya. And Sayyidina Abu Ubaidah was a great man, a man of great rank amongst the companions anhum. The Messenger of Allah said that he was the Aminu Hadihin Ummah, he was the trustee of this Ummah. Why did they call him trustee? Because they trusted him with the money. Loan money to people and then you'll see who's trustworthy and who's not. So they sent him to go and collect the money for, uh, for, for, for the jizya, and he was coming back to Medina. The news had arrived that he was about to come back. So the next morning, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu used to pray in different masajid. Not all of them used to pray in the main masjid. They came to the main masjid of the Prophet in great numbers. And after he prayed, he led them in prayer. He saw them, he smiled and he said, maybe you have heard that Abu Ubaidah has come with the, with, the, with the taxation revenue from Bahrain. And they said, yes, O Messenger of Allah. These were poor people. These were people that sometimes a person would get by just on one date. We, you know, we really freak out when it's time to fast. Imagine that your iftar is one date or half a date. Or you fast one day to the next because you have nothing to eat in the middle. So these were poor people. The Messenger of Allah did not chastise them or upbraid them. Their poverty was a direct result of their carrying the message of Islam. He smiled and he says, he says take glad tidings and uh, uh, know that every one of you will receive whatever you need, whatever will make you happy, whatever will make the difficulty of your, your lot uh, and your, uh, your position go away. He says, because indeed, it's not poverty that I fear for you. It's not poverty that I fear for you. What did he say? It's not poverty that I fear for you. Every single one of us who went to elementary school, every single one of us who went to middle school and high school and got nailed at by our parents for getting a B plus uh, uh, amongst the other constellation of A's, this may be somewhat of a shock to you. And I'm not telling you to do bad in school. In fact, this is part of Islam is that everything you do, you should do it with ihsan, you should do it beautifully, you should do it better than other people. But the idea and the understanding is what? Is I'm going to get good grades in order to get a job. And I'm going to get a job in order to get, make money. And then I live happily ever after. Then we'll be, after that we'll be good people. You know who the people who said that is? The sentence where, where it comes from in the Quran? 
It's the sentence of the brothers of Sayyidina Yusuf Islam that they say we'll kill him and then afterward we'll, we'll, you know, our problems will go away and then we'll be good people after that. Doesn't work that way. It really doesn't work that way. Why? Because all these hours we're given to, giving to our jobs. All of these hours we're giving to our, our, our corporate paymasters. All these hours we're giving to our businesses and giving to our, uh, our properties. And that we're taking away from our children. But when you go into your grave, when you go into your grave, Deloitte who pays you $250,000 a year, or the Cleveland Clinic, or Metro PCS, or uh, you know, any one of these jobs, businesses, anything, you know, don't feel like I'm picking on you, any one of them. I work for the ICC, it's different, I guess, a little bit, but in general, the board of the ICC, what, when I die, they're not gonna give us, uh, they're not gonna give us a reward. We're not gonna benefit from them at all, whatsoever. But when you die, these little children of yours, these children of ours, that we say, oh, you know, like it's so hard to have raise the children. It's really, it really is hard to raise the children. It's expensive to raise children. These children of ours, every subhanAllah that they say when you're dead, it's going to go into your account. Every salat that they say, it's going to go into your account. Every time they fast, it's going to go into your account. Every act of piety they do, it's going to go into your account. Deloitte's not going to do that for you. Your job is not going to do that for you. Your business, no matter how many stores you have, it's not going to do it for you. It really isn't. Brothers and sisters, where is the, 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 the intellect gone out to lunch? That we will sacrifice that thing that gives us benefit in this world and in the hereafter for the thing that doesn't give us benefit in this world and the hereafter. How much food are you going to eat? How many rooms are you going to live in? If you have a huge house, how many rooms will you live in? If your car is like more expensive or less expensive, it's all about getting from point A to point B. Everything else is vanity. This is a cause of problems for us in our life and in, in, in this world and in the hereafter. This is a lack of iman that we have that somehow we think the money is going to solve our problems and it's just not, it's not the way it works because if money solved problems, then Donald Trump would be the Qutb al-Aqtab and everybody would you know, come and like, you know, like look at him and rub him and then their life would be filled with barakah and they would you know, wake up for tahajjud every night and there would be peace and love in the world. Is there peace and love in the world? In fact, we are following the sunnah of those people who ruined our lives. This is what people do when they have trauma. If someone traumatizes you, this is part of the pathology of that trauma is that a person will try to then propagate that trauma to somebody else. That there were people in our lives, whether we grew up here, whether we grew up in the hood, whether we grew up in, uh, and went to public school, whether we grew up in an, another country that was colonized or that's ruled by people who don't have care for the common folk. All of us were subjected to other people who treated us with trauma and the only way we, need, we know how to deal with it is what? Is to get up and try to propagate that trauma on somebody else. If I have the money like the person who traumatized me had the money, maybe I'll be safe. Following the sunnah of the people that, that, that are the people of evil is not going to restore good in the world. The only thing that will restore good in the world is by being good yourself and by following the sunnah of good yourself. You have wealth, brothers and sisters. I don't care if the forecasters at, uh, uh, at, at, at you know, different financial institution and Bloomberg and uh, you know, Market Watch and Forbes and all these people, they don't know how to count it because they're completely blind to it. They don't have it themselves. You have wealth. 
What is your wealth? Your wealth is your time. Your wealth is your children. Your wealth is the book of Allah. Your wealth is the house of Allah. Your wealth is the salat. Your wealth is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which protected the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even when he was unarmed, even when he was sleeping, protected him from his enemies and every generation of our forefathers from that time until this one. Look at the money and say, I have to have a certain part of this in order to get by. Once it's fulfilled, it's not something to compete over, brothers and sisters. And it sure as heck isn't something that you and me should be harming our children, harming our wives, harming our family, our familial relations, harming the ones that we should love the most in this world, and taking away from them in order to get that wealth, brothers and sisters. I promise you it's not worth it. I promise you it's not worth it. And if someone can convince us to do that, that's where the defeat is. The defeat is not in, in losing land. The defeat is not in losing uh, 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 political control. Those things come and go. Allah Himself said, These are the days that we, we you know, these, this power, this money, this authority, it's like turns Allah Ta'ala has set between people. So sometimes He wants to see how you're going to do when you're doing good, and sometimes He wants to see how, what you're going to do when you're doing bad. That's not success. That's not success. We know it's, that musical chairs is going to happen in this dunya. The success is what? The success is the one who holds fast to the haqq and the one who Allah Ta'ala loves and that, the one who loves Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Success is what? The thing that endures, not just in the akhirah, but in this world as well. Your legacy is not going to endure through your employer. Your legacy is not going to endure through your car. Your car is not going to make it until after you die. It's not even going to make it until like five years from now. Your legacy is going to endure through what? Through your children. It's going to endure through what? Through the good things that you do for other people in this world. And in the hereafter, we know that the hereafter is more intense in this world. It's good, is better than the good of this world. And it lasts forever. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave so much tawfiq. وَأَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَإِسَائِلِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَاسْتَغْفِرُهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد يقول الرب تبارك وتعالى في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون ولا تكونوا كالذين نسوا الله فأنساهم أنفسهم أولئك هم الفاسقون وقال عز وجل في مقام آخر مخبرا عن مقام نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم وآمرا بحقه علينا حيث قال إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وارحم سيدنا محمد وآل سيدنا محمد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت ورحمت وباركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثب 
ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصلف القلوب صلف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين اللهم رغبنا في الآخرة اللهم رغبنا في الآخرة اللهم رغبنا في لقائك يا ربنا وجعلنا من الذين يحبون لقائك يا ربنا ولا تجعلنا من الذين يثيرون الحياة الدنيا فيكون فيكون الجحيم مأواه يا ربنا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الحور بعد الكور اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم تب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمةك يا رحم الرحيمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقيموا الصلاة